You know, around Christmas there are so many expectations about the things that we've got to get exactly right. I know when we had really little ones in our house, uh, that the, the anticipation, the expectation for Christmas morning, uh, nowadays what they do is they sleep in and you have to kind of drag them out of bed. Then it would be like, you know, no, no, I'm, I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go and see what's under the tree because it's very, very, very exciting. Uh, of course, it's complete parental failure uh, if... You buy certain toys which require batteries and then uh, what you don't do is you don't buy enough spare batteries to get beyond, you know, kind of four o'clock on the, in the afternoon. Obviously, dependent on what the gift is, uh, if it's something really annoying, then that's a fantastic win as a parent because you've achieved the objective of giving them the best ever present. But uh, it didn't last very long because the batteries ran out. So the annoyance level has gone right down. So that's brilliant. They can get to go and play, continue with playing with more important things like mud in the garden, uh, which is much, much more creative and less expensive and much better for their health. Um, just saying. Um, <sighs> the, there is so much expectation around Christmas. But I, I don't know whether you ever get to the point where you get kind of a little bit expectation weary. You know, how many times can you get this tree set up perfectly? You know, and you've got to do it right again next year and the year after. And each year it's got to be a little bit better. So maybe you've got kind of expectation exhaustion or, you know, Christmas is still a couple of weeks away and maybe you feel like your batteries have already run out and you haven't even got to Christmas Day yet, let alone Boxing Day. We're in this kind of funny season at the moment in the church's year called Advent. It's this season of waiting, of, of expectation, of, of retelling of the story. But it's part of a much longer view uh, within the Christian story, part of a much longer view within the Bible. You see, God is in the business of tracking people down and inviting them to follow him again. Right from the word go, when Adam and Eve mess up in Genesis, God steps into the garden and he goes and finds them and he calls them out. And even there, even though he has to send them away, he wants for them fullness of life. And even in that place, he provides grace for them. He then calls a person to him, Abraham, and then a whole nation. And that nation gets sent into the safety of Egypt because there's going to be this massive famine. But then they get enslaved and so he calls them out again. So there's this whole pattern throughout the Bible of Jesus calling people to him. And that's what he's still doing in this day and age. And that, those verses that I read uh, from Isaiah... Written long in advance of a man coming called John the Baptist, who would stand in the in the wilderness, who would invite people to come and repent 
to turn around just like we had at the baptism service a few weeks ago. But he was also one that pointed not to himself, but to the coming of Jesus. He said of Jesus, I'm not even worthy to to tie his sandals and that Jesus will baptize you, not in this river, but with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You see, God is after a place to call home. And the other way of looking at scripture is that it's this story of God coming and dwelling or tenting or tabernacling with people. Tabernacling is just tenting. It's like that God wants to go camping with you. But that's not quite what it means. What it means is, is he wants to live in the same place as you, with you, alongside you, in your home. He wants to share your life and do life with you. And if it's watching Strictly Come Dancing, he wants to be on the sofa with you, kind of going, oh yeah, that was great. No, it's rubbish. Vote them off. He wants to dwell with you. And there's this picture in in the Old Testament of of the tent going around the desert with the people of God. And then they build a temple, which is like the stone version of the same thing. But in the New Testament, it says that he will come and indwell us, that he'll live inside us by the Holy Spirit. One of the problems, though, with... Advent, this funny time in the church's year, and, and it's the start of the church's year, is, is it can sound a little bit like, well, we're waiting for the main event. And the main event is Christmas. And in the waiting period, well, when you're waiting for something, the thing hasn't happened yet. But the thing is, it has happened. It's all, it happened 2,000 years ago. We're not waiting for it to happen. What we're doing is we're remembering that it has happened and we're remembering the waiting of waiting for it to happen. Does that make sense? Uh, Good. It didn't quite in my head. As long as it made sense when it kind of got over there, then that's great. So we're in this season of waiting, but but it's not waiting for it to happen for the first time because Jesus has already been born. He's already lived, he's already died on a cross, he's already been raised from the dead, and he's already sent his Holy Spirit into the world. So my question for you this evening is really simple. In this waiting period, how are you doing? Have you got yourself into a place where your batteries have got low? And your expectation has got low. You know, if you've been following Jesus for decades, and as I look at, as I look, as I look out at you, some of you have been following for Jesus for many decades. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, you, you are, you are awesome. Okay? The problem with following Jesus for many decades is, is that when you start out, the expectation level can be up here. It's kind of like, come on, we're going to take the world for Jesus and everybody will know about him by the time we've got to the end of yesterday. And then, you know, as you kind of go on a little bit, you, your expectation level kind of gets a little bit lower and it's like, 
Oh, oh, Jesus, if I could have one good conversation this year, oh, Lord, that would be so great if you would be so merciful to do that. And, and, and he's going, come on, can't you see all the things that I want to do? His expectation is well level, is way still up here. And we're kind of over here going, oh, Lord, I'm really trying to follow you, but it's kind of got hard work. And you know what? The church, the church is exhausting. We're having to keep the whole thing going and I'm, I'm, I'm worn out. And you know, and he's going, you know what? I'm not. Come on. We're just getting going. And for some of you, for some of you, you'll have been following Jesus a much shorter amount of time. And, and you know, you celebrate and you, and you do baptism. And then you kind of go, baptism, Monday morning. Oh. Yeah, when we did the baptism prep with all of the folks, one of the things we talked about is what happens on Monday morning. Because Monday morning is not going to feel like Sunday morning. Monday morning might feel like, Oh man, what happened? Where's God? Mark said, and Clive said, and Joe said that, that following Jesus was going to be amazing. This does not feel very amazing. And you know, it gets exhausting. But you know what? God's not exhausted. God's not, God's batteries have not run out and his expectation level is not low. There's this voice crying in the wilderness, screaming out, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare for the coming King. And as we go through Advent again, some of you for the first time, some of you many, many times, how can you prepare to meet Him again? And I don't mean meet Him for the first time what I mean is to change your expectation. To trade, to repent, to change your mind, to turn around from the old expectation that says, you know, God's only got a tiny little bit. He's probably got a little morsel under the table. You know, there's that terrible prayer. Uh, for those of you that have been in the Church of England a little while, and I sometimes comment on it when I'm in my naughtier moments, um, let me find it and I'll read it to you. It's this awful prayer in the Church of England prayer book. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I'm offending everyone, um, some of you. Uh, it goes like this. It goes like this. You, you've just done the whole of the communion prayer, okay? Uh, and then... Uh, and, and, you, and you've already, by that point, confessed your sins and have them and have them like done dealt with like three or four times. Jeff's nodding his head, and, and then and then and then you do this. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness. Some of you might love this prayer. I'm so sorry. Um, we are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table. And it's like, you've done all that praying. You, you've, you've stood in front of God who loves you. And you've made all these promises and you've confessed your sins. And you've heard him go, yes, you are welcome. And then you go, oh, if only I was this miserable little orphan. If only you could spare one small crumb from your table, almighty loving God. And he's like going, no, I've got everything for you. Raise the expectation. 
I only comment on that occasionally. <clears throat> um, I, I actually genuinely do comment on it. We, we, I usually include it at the more traditional services, and then sometimes I, I can't bear it, and I say, we're going to do it anyway, but I need to tell you that how uncomfortable I am with it. Sorry, that's not in the notes. That's complete aside. Um, what are we talking about? Changing our expectation. To change is to repent, to change your mind, to trade one set of thinking for another set of thinking. When we had the baptisms, that was all about trading one set of thinking for another set of thinking. Leaving a bunch of things in the water and taking hold of all that God had for you. It wasn't that those things that you left in the water wouldn't continue to be a struggle. They might well be. But the truth of who you are and what God's got for you is not about what you leave in the water. It's about who he says you are. So to change your expectation, to repent is to choose to change your thinking. So how can you change your thinking this Advent? Your expectation this Advent. So that you can be prepared to receive him afresh. Three things. They're really simple. The first is to retell the story. You know, we, 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 we go and we sing these songs, don't we? You know, and we sing... You know, the Calypso Carol. Do you remember that one? It's terrible. We're not, it's banned in this church. I'm just saying. You know, and we, and we sing Away in a Manger and I Cry Every Time. I don't know why. Uh, and we sing the While Shepherds Wash Their Socks by Night, uh, Flocks by whatever it is. You know, we do all this. What we're doing is we're retelling the story. You know, retelling of stories is really important, not because they haven't happened, but because what they do is they remind us of that place that we have been so that we remember again and we can step more easily into something new that God has got for us. Let me show you what I mean. Um, Meg, do you remember when we... when? On the mopeds in Greece. And what that was like. And, 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 and deciding which, which beach we'd land on. And stopping and looking at it. You, you see what's happening? We're, sorry, we're just having a little romantic moment now. Hope no one. <sighs> in front of the whole church. Well, sorry about that. <laughs> but, but what happens when you retell the story... It is, is you remember and you, and you go back to that place, which means you can have more of a new story. And, and the retelling of the story, it is not about going back there to say we want to live in that place. We can't. You know, but to retell that story of Jesus, to retell the story of when you came to faith, is not about going Oh, those were the days. It's about saying there are even more days to come. Do you remember that time when God did this? There's a way of doing it that is about kind of burying back into the past and going, you know, that's not what this is about. To retell the story is to go, yes, we want more of that for the future. And as we retell the story of Christmas, we're allowing ourselves to be part of that story so that we can step into a new future with higher expectation. 
So retelling a story is really important. The second thing is to reshape time. You know, Ruth has already said this evening, you know, your life gets busy, doesn't it? You know, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I love having the rallies over, but, but you know, they, they have not yet got out of the idea that, that Bath has a really good Christmas market. Uh, so we had two sets of rallies, both lovely sets of parents who we love, come and stay uh, this week, and they actually overlapped, um, which was wonderful, but they all wanted to do the Christmas market. Uh, I think we did the Christmas market three times last week in Bath, and the craft fair at the centre. Yes, I know, we are amazing, but... Y- y- what, I, what I'm saying is life, life gets busy and what you have to do during Advent, if, if you're not going to get overrun by Christmas trees and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the Amazon Boxing Day sales, I'm sure they're going to have some. They'll start advertising them soon, don't worry. If you're not going to get overrun by that, you have to sh- reshape some stuff. It might actually mean setting aside a little bit of time just for you and God. You know, and if you're the kind of person that goes, well, you know, I can't go there, Mark. You know, because when I when I stop and sit on the sofa without the telly on or without, you know, something in front of me to read, then my brain goes crazy places. Okay, that's exactly why you need to do it. That's exact because you know what? If, if you can only do that for one minute. And then the next day you do it for two minutes. And at the start of each time you do it, you go, Lord, I'm, I'm going to be still just for one minute. Yeah? You know what he does is he honors that. It is like you're carving out some space, reshaping a bit of your life for him. And it's not transactional. It's not like you do that and he'll come. But you do that and he will come. It's not like a trade. It's just that he loves to come and meet with you. And if you create the space, you'll see more and more of him at work. So reshaping a bit of your time to do that. And you know what? If, if you hear that and you go, but Mark, I am too busy. Do you, do you know what? Do you know what that means? It means that you are too busy. And you need to stop it. And be less busy. Because then, then you'll have more space for him. Does that make sense? So if the answer is I'm too busy, hear it back to yourself. You're too busy. Slow down. Okay. Last thing and then we go pray. To receive. I I, I think I've got the spelling right. Is that right? I probably accept after C. Okay. I spelt something right. Uh, you, you, you know, if your expectation is that God has got nothing to give you, you're going to find it really difficult to receive from Him. Does that make sense? If your expectation is that you, he, he doesn't want to give you anything, you're going to find it really difficult to receive what He's got. But if, if you change the expectation, like change your mind, if you spend some time this in the run-up to Christmas retelling the story and giving a little bit of space, then what you'll be doing is you'll be 
ready to receive what he's got for you. And what he's got for you is more than you can ask or imagine. He's got the fullness of his Holy Spirit for you. There's this, um, there's this funny thing um, in churches around the world where they follow this pattern of readings. It's got a fancy name. It's called the lectionary. And uh, over this run-up to Christmas, what we're doing is we're following the lectionary readings with all the churches around the world. And so the readings that we've been looking at in the morning and the evening are part of that. And they're part of just joining in with the retelling of this story. And one of the ones uh, for today is from Romans. And it's Romans chapter 15. Let me uh, read it to you. you, Some of you might recognize it. It, uh, It's often used as a blessing. and, And Nigel used it most of the time that he was here. And I've used it for, I think, eight or nine years And it goes like this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What John did is he invited people out into the wilderness, out into that place where where there wasn't all all the all the distractions, and he and he invited them to repent, to change their minds. And he said, There's one coming after who will Uh, not baptized with water, but baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that you're to believe Him. This isn't belief like, I've, I've signed up with my mind. This isn't belief of, you know, I've, I've read, I've read the list of A4 of, you know, things that all saints or the Church of England believes. You know, it's not like reading that list and signing at the bottom and going, yes, I believe that. It's more like the illustration in the Alpha course. I don't know whether you remember it, those of you that have done the Alpha course. If, you, if you've never done the Alpha course, it's a, it's a great thing to do. I, I don't quite know when we're going to do another one, but we'll be soon. Um, but the illustration is this. There's this uh, tightrope walker, and he's... Uh, He's he's got a tightrope going over Niagara Falls. And he's uh, he he goes out and he goes back and he's got a crowd in front of him. uh, And each time he's just about to go out, he says, do you you think that I can do it? And the crowd go, yes. And he goes off and does the tightrope. He comes back and, uh, and and then he says, do you think I can do it with a wheelbarrow? And they're like, yes. So he does it with a wheelbarrow. And then he says, do you think I can do it with a wheelbarrow with someone in the wheelbarrow? And they all go, yes. And he says, who will get in the wheelbarrow? That's what it means. That's the difference between belief and trust. It's to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. I'll get in. I want to go on this journey with you. I trust you. I'm going to allow you into my home into my work, into my not work. I'm going to allow you to speak into that place of worry, that place of joy. I'm going to allow you to speak and help me with relationships, with money, 
with my mental well-being. I'm going to allow you in to dwell. Will you stand with me? We're going to, we're going to pray and we're going to worship. And, and as we do so, what I invite you to do is to, is to be waiting. Waiting on the Lord. You know, if I was going to give you a, a massive gift that was wrapped up, like really, you know, one of those massive Amazon boxes that comes like this huge, yeah, that's only got one of the tiny little things in it because they're just overpacked. That's not how God gives gifts, by the way. He, the wrapping is like this, but the present is even bigger, okay? Because he wants to fill you to the measure of his fullness, to overflowing. So, you know, when we, when we do funny things in, in churches and you look at other people and they're kind of going like this, yeah, or like this, there's a reason. Right? What, we're, what we're saying when we do that is, yes, Lord, whatever you've got, or, or I, I praise you, I bless you. Yeah? So maybe tonight, just you might find it helpful. If you, if you don't want to do this, you can sit on your hands or leave them in your pockets. God can still move. He's great because he loves you. But if it's helpful to kind of put your hands out like this, sometimes it's, it's just a way of saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. I'd love to pray that for us now. Before the, before the words start for the music. You know, my expectation is that when we ask for the Holy Spirit to come, that he will come. Because he's faithful and he loves us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. The way the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit is is not like a force. He's not like a... In the old version of the Bible, it talked about the Holy Ghost. It's really unhelpful language. Really unhelpful because he's not a ghost. Okay, he's not like... He's a person. He's a person. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And all three of them are to be worshipped. We can talk to all three of them. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it's God's way of moving in. And maybe you hear him describe it, him like that, and you're kind of like, well... I'm not sure I've let him in. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus, you've let him in. But you know, he, he might just want to turn the volume up. <laughs> he might want a bit more room. And so tonight's a good night just to say yes. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. As we wait with expectation, as we wait with expectation, come and rest upon us.
Lord, teach us. Teach us to receive. This place of stillness is really good for us. And if as we wait, you just kind of get this ton of distractions arrive in your head. A really good way to pray through them is just to go... Jesus, you can have that one too. And that one. As you wait upon him, it might be that you You begin to feel uh, some things physically. For some of you, across the top of your, across the top of your shoulders, it kind of feels like feels almost like someone's rubbed deep heat across your shoulders. For some of you, on your on your legs it kind of feels like feels like you've done an amazing workout at the gym and, and your legs have kind of started to go a bit jelly like I'm not saying that to suggest things to you I'm saying that because if God's doing that in you I want you to know that it's him as you wait a really good question to ask him Holy Spirit what do you want to say to me because each one of you if you're a follower of Jesus you can hear him directly doesn't need to be through me or through one of the prayer team you can hear him directly directly 